your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Mayor Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Mitch Reynolds, the Mayor of Lacrosse, on for this hour. If you got questions, you heard the guy. You heard if you got something to complain about, call in or text 608-785-7914. How's it going, Mitch? Good. Pretty much a half hour, though. It's only yeah. got about a half an hour. You got a half hour. Okay, yeah, we'll go. That's, that's what my schedule says. So I'm going to talk to that secretary of yours, I told you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, so I want to get right into it. Uh, obviously, we had, we had a lot of weather situations this weekend and yeah. um, flooding in town. It seems like every time it rains now, we're, we have some sort of flooding issue going on. And I call. I talked to the National Weather Service guy in the cross a, co- a couple weekends, a couple weeks ago. Just hey, what you know? Are we getting more rain? Is it just because it's dry? Then it rains really hard, and you know, is is that abnormal? And and why are we seeing this flooding? And he was like, eh, I don't know about the flooding, but that might be a city issue. Is the flooding a city issue? Like, is there something going on that we need to update so that the the roads don't flood all the time? Well, I mean, six inches of rain in a matter of hours is um, you're going to get flooding no matter what. There's flooding all over the region. There was uh, towns around the La Crosse area that had some uh, flooding, and that was catastrophic in some areas. Um, I've, I have staff who live outside of La Crosse who had their uh, roads washed out and culverts washed out and bridges washed out and all sorts of things washed out. So I don't know if it's a La Crosse uh, uh, issue necessarily with uh, just with roads flooding, it's a lot of rain, and when we get a lot of rain, we get the flooding. That being said, we are continually updating our stormwater sewer system so that we can effectively and efficiently move water out of the city once it, you know, once it comes down off the bluffs, essentially. Um, and that that amount of water, obviously, it just it, it it creates this urgency to get that done as quickly as possible. So that is something that is a top priority. Uh, you know, one of the reasons why we've taken actions in the past and continue to take actions to mitigate the amount of stormwater that that actually goes into the system, like with rain gardens and things like that, is so that, you know, creating forest ground surfaces is so that we don't have the street flooding situation like we do. Uh, if we can find more ways to mitigate that through porous parking surfaces or, again, rain gardens or other features like that, the more we do that, the better off we'll be. All right. So obviously, we. I think Brad had the 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 stat. We we had more rain Saturday than I think since 1884 when they started keeping records. So we had the most rain ever in the city. So there's there's no doubt that it's going to flood. But it seems like even when it rained in the past couple of weeks, when it wasn't the most ever, uh, we had we had a little bit, uh, you know, flooding here and there. Not like we had, you know, the yesterday or the day before. Um, but yep. what what goes into replacing? Because obviously the the city's always developing. There's you know you know big buildings are being built the the storm sewer system has to keep up with because the flooding is going to change i know my parents when we lived when i was a kid we lived out in the farm not in the farm but out in the middle of a field and then all of a sudden now it's all houses so anytime it rains now my parents basement used to flood you know they fixed it they got it situated so it doesn't flood anymore but you know so every time there's a new development that flooding situation changes so what goes into changing or updating the sewer system i guess and is there more to it than that yeah, you know, you brought up those two rain events prior to this one, and both of those were also extraordinarily heavy. I mean, I know that it's not even close to what we got uh, this weekend, but when you get two and a half inches in a half an hour or an hour, that's 
enough rain to overwhelm the system. I mean, there's just, just that's just the way it is. And both of those most recent rain events were exactly like that. So it is, it is in some way rain events. I mean, you can't, you know, we cannot minimize the impact of climate change on what we're witnessing right now. So there's that. But in relation to the infrastructure, uh, there are changes that are coming that will help with some of those lower rain events. A lot of folks looking at like that area around, um, let's see, like Losey Boulevard and uh, Pine Street and things like that. In that area, that flooding should, uh, when, when we redo the cross street, uh, that state project, when that gets done, there is some collapse in some of those pipes down there. And that, once we clear that out, that, that should help that considerably. So I'm looking forward to that. There are, you know, we have every year there are projects that we have, um, that we're funding that will help with, uh, keeping the stormwater flowing. So it's, you know, it's, it's a process we're, we're trying to keep up, but, Again, these are these are heavier rain events that we've ever seen, especially consecutive like this. Yeah, it's interesting too that all this happens over the weekend, and then the UN comes out with their climate change study. That's yeah. you know pretty yeah. devastating to hear. Uh, you know, and every year there's a, the the study comes out, and it's like, but it keeps getting closer. Hey, the time is shrinking when in in changing sure. some of this stuff. So there's there's more to it than that. Um, keeping along the same lines, and we're if you don't know, we're talking with Mayor Mitch Reynolds. Uh, Lacrosse Talk PM 608-785-7914. Okay, so in I don't know if this is a Minnesota thing or or just we don't have it here, but there's a Houston County Emergency Management uh, Emergency Management. There's a, a Winona County one as well. Um, when when all these floods are happening, there you can go to Facebook and go to it's called like the Lacrosse Stupid Parking Page. There's there's a couple of different groups. Or what if uh, you're from Lacrosse? If there's a couple of di- big big groups where people are posting a lot of, you know, hey, it's flooded here on Mormon Cooley. And obviously you can go to the news sites too. But does do you ever think about, or maybe there is one, is there some kind of social media outlet on the weekends uh, just updating the, the city or the, maybe the county on where the flooding is bad, where to avoid, just stuff like that? Because the, the fire department and the city of La Crosse's page, Facebook pages at least didn't have a single thing over the weekend. And uh, La Crosse County Sheriff's Department had had something irrelevant. I think it was a timed post or a scheduled post. So I don't know. Is, is that a conversation or is there something like that already? And I don't know about it. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything quite like that right now, Rick. And I think that's, um, you know, one of the things that the difference between, say, the groups that you mentioned earlier and like the Lacrosse Fire Department is that the Lacrosse Fire Department is busy responding to calls with people are, who are stranded in high water and um, have potentially other issues with the trees falling on their homes and things like that. So generally speaking, they're responding to emergencies yep. and not necessarily posting things on Facebook. So it's a lower priority item for our fire department in situations like that. Um, that being said, we do have a, uh, there is a, a plan for, you know, for improvement in this area. As, and it, it, it's going to be, we'll have, you know, the social media outlets, the, uh, the social media presence that you're looking for, uh, as well as a, a lot better communication from the city of La Crosse as well. And that's on the way. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the way that, uh, this process goes, it's a little bit slower than I would like. And so uh, we, we didn't have time for anything like that to be in place this weekend for flooding. But uh, I don't I can't speak for the county. I don't know what the sheriff's department does or anything like that. But I'll have to take it on your word that they didn't have a, 
uh, uh, a um, frame-by-frame breakdown of where the flooded areas were. Yeah, it would be just nice to see, because you can see when those things go up, oh, they posted, and you could update them. The National Weather Service does a great job in their own, you know, their own area of kind of updating when the storms are coming, and then they'll put expired posts, you know, so if you go back to that post, you can see, uh, you know, like if Mormon Cooley was underwater in front of Walmart on the south side, it could be like, avoid that area, and then uh, once it's clear, they could put expired posts, This, po- you know, we're good now, but... Um, that would, I think, that would take a like a position, right? You almost have to have a, a social media czar, or emergency management czar for the city. Emergency management czar that <laughs> seems like a really good position. I, I would, uh, yeah, I think we should have an emergency management czar. Right, I like that. <laughs> yeah, just uh, it goes right along with uh, you. You have also created a, a new position, right, to help uh, uh, just kind of maintain or, or keep track of, or how do you want to describe this with the homeless population in Lacrosse? Yeah, the Homeless Services Coordinator is a position that I asked to be created. Uh, the City Council Committee, uh, a City Council Committee last week, voted to approve that uh, unanimously, and that's going in front of the full council this week. And that is, um, yeah, that's yeah. Keep, keep track of is one one thing. Um, they're also going to be tasked with coordinating the efforts of all of the both the governmental and non-governmental service agencies in the area to address the needs of the homeless in our community and that can mean all sorts of things and that can mean you know emergency how do we how do we identify the right kind of emergency shelter how do we how do we pay for that right kind of emergency shelter where should it be uh uh, working with the service agencies to make sure that we're not that everybody's kind of staying in their lane but all working together uh finding the appropriate um uh, uh federal grant money that's available because there is a lot of available to Make sure that we're we're uh, using that to 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 um, do the you know have the have the biggest impact in our community. There's there's going to be a lot that that person is doing that we and we have had staff in the past who have taken on a little bit of that here and there. But this person will we're we're finally getting someone who whose position is in direct ratio to the significance of the issue in our community. Uh, with that, you, um, I was out there on um, Isle La Plume. What, where are we? What is that? Huska Park. There it is. I think that's it. And just kind of walked around. I think um, I talked to Cooley Cap last week, and they said there was about a hundred, about a hundred homeless people, and most of them were out there in Huska Park. Um, obviously, it's August. Uh, winter will come eventually here in a couple of months. Do we? Do we know? Do, is there a better? Is there a plan for helping? Those people, because living in tents in the winter, probably not a great idea here in Wisconsin. Yeah, we have, and you know, this is the same issue that that comes up every year in Lacrosse. Whether um, I'm not, maybe you're not aware, but we've had uh, folks living in tents, homeless people living in tents here in Lacrosse for as long as I've been here. It's just that they, they you know, they live in places like uh, Hickson Forest or in the marsh or along the river or um, sometimes in, in backyards that they could talk somebody into it, or in various wooded areas here and there around the city. They just happen to all be in mostly in one place in Huska. We do have about 100 people living on the street right now. That's an estimate. Uh, we got that point-in-time count just uh, the other day. And, um, you know, we're going to have the, the normal thing that happens in lacrosse will probably happen again this year, where once it gets cold, some of them will just leave, frankly. But we do have a plan in place to um, make sure there's shelter for everybody else. Um, 
And the homeless services coordinator, you think they'll be up and running by winter, right? Where that they can just kind of help alleviate some of that dilemma, right? I hope so. I mean, you know, it's part of it is finding finding someone to, to fill the job, right? Mm-hmm. Some part of it is uh, finding the right person, making sure that person has not only the skills to hit the ground running, but the passion to sustain them because it it does require, you know, this is not this is a different kind of position for city government. This is a this is in some ways a social services position, uh, but we're funding it because the city needs to be at the forefront of coming up with solutions for helping the unsheltered in our community. All right. So, and that goes in front of the city council on Thursday. Also, I think unless the committee voted it down and I missed it on Thursday, we've talked about this a couple of months ago. Uh, are, are we resolving the lacrosse center bringing weapons into the building issue? Uh, that will be so. Yeah, the the weapons ordinance that's in front of the city council basically is an update. Uh, there's there was a, a change in um, state statute, and our ordinance uh, did not was that state statute change was after that ordinance was passed. And so we needed to update the ordinance. Basically, it, it's, um, you know, knives are no longer considered uh, necessarily a dangerous weapon, depending on who has them. Um, and so you can't have knives necessarily in a weapons ordinance. Their knives aren't, knives aren't governed as a weapon. Uh, they're governed by uh, the user or the it's hard to explain, but anyway, it's is it that like that? Take into account that change. Is it like that Once T-shirt that, that gets, says "Guns don't kill people, people kill people," but instead knives? Is it kind of like that? <laughs> I, I sure, um, I maybe. So once that passes, then Lacrosse Center Board will be voting on what they want to do next. Okay. So, so in in, in uh, terms I, of you know the the dilemma was a place a, a, an organization like Squirrel that helps. Uh, that that wanted to have, host their gun raffle in the lacrosse center, that would be resolved then, maybe? It will be resolved, okay. yeah. And that's just a process. You know, that again, our current contract language does not allow for there to be any guns in the, in the lacrosse center, but that contract language, we make some changes for that organization and some others for the upcoming year. Once the lacrosse center board uh, approves a new contract lang- language that will just go into, that will just be part of the contract. Okay. Um, so that, that I don't foresee any problems with that. All right. I think uh, someone, I, I think we have a call here. Caller, go ahead. You're on with Mayor Mitch Reynolds. Hey, hey guys. I just want to first congratulate the mayor on his win. Congratulations. Kind of late. But... <laughs> really late. <laughs> oh, it's the first time I've called in a while. <laughs> yeah, you got a question for him? Uh, well, I, yeah, I, my I first question it. is, um, do you think the amenities that are provided at Hooska Park for the homeless will attract, let's say, like outside, non-local homeless groups? Yeah, I mean, the, the you know, direct answer to that is yes, and, and they, we, yeah. it has. I mean, we have, uh, there's an estimate from, um, you know, maybe up to a dozen people that have come in from outside of, of lacrosse. The thing is, is that there is, a, it's a transient popu- population, and so oftentimes people will come from lacrosse from other places and then leave and then come back. And so it's really difficult to keep track. The thing is, uh, is that when you, and that's, that was the inevitable outcome of this. When you create a staff soft landing spot, there are going to be people who take advantage of it because they're, for whatever reason, they're, you know, they're sick of getting kicked out of whatever place they're, they're trying to uh, make a home out of. So 
if you create a place where they're not necessarily getting kicked out, yeah, that's, that's an inevitable outcome. And we recognize that going into this, it has been manageable. Um, and, you know, this is not, this is not temporary. So it's, um, hopefully it's, it's, um, it's something that we'll be able to address in the future. All right. That is it. Yeah. Uh, just one more quick question. I guess if the long-term solution is to get these, uh, these people not homeless anymore, they would have right. to get a job, go to work, essentially like that. Is there a goal for the, uh, the powers that be, the city of La Crosse, to try and get these people working and get them jobs, maybe have a job fair down at Hootsuka Park and show these people that there's plenty of work available and that there's good-paying jobs in the community for them? Yeah, that's a great question, and that, Lee, that is um, oftentimes I think there's the, the – um, there's a misinterpretation of the condition of a lot of how, of how some of these people, are, the, the life that, that some of these people are in. Um, frankly, some of them are working already. Uh, they have jobs, and that's not really that's not really the problem. Um, there are folks there who are on who are disabled, who are on Social Security, uh, so they do have income coming in. Um, it's it's less about getting a job and more about at least. From my perspective, it always has been. It's about getting shelter, and, and frankly, some of them resist, and they don't. They is they they resist uh, wanting to to live inside someplace, and um, you know we we need to be able at regardless of that, we need to be able to provide at least an opportunity for those people who can who want to to come inside. And we're starting to do that, all right? We're we're starting to put plans in place for affordable housing apartment buildings that looks like are, are going are going to be going up, right? Even, uh, we've approved a couple yeah. of plans in the city, right? Yes, yes, and no. I mean, not affordable housing uh, apartment buildings, things like that. We have we have some mixed housing plans that will include housing. It's kind of like the Garden Terrace, the same kind of idea where you have a a mixed uh, uh, level of housing. There, are, there's housing that it's like in Garden Terrace, the uh, housing that was intended solely for uh, recently homeless vets. And, and then there's market rate housing, and it's all combined in one uh, in, in a building. And that's what the, the uh, development on 4th Street is going to be, exact, almost exactly the same thing without the concentration on veterans. It'll have that same kind of idea that people on the top of the list, if you will, will uh, have an opportunity to move into some of the recently homeless uh, targeted housing in this development. But there's also some market rate housing there as well. So we'll have rents that range from like $350 a month to $1,300 a month. Um, and, and, you know, and there's certainly opportunities for some people who can't afford it to, uh, to not pay rent at all. Yeah. The idea of, uh, you know, Hey, we need to get homeless people off the streets. Well, the, you know, they need to get jobs. Well, actually, I think maybe the first part of the problem would be they need to get homes and, and, and there's a, there's a way to, you have to pay for a home somehow. So there's always a like, how do they do that? Get a job first. But sometimes one works better than the other in, in, in order to get them, like, acclimated. Yeah, and, and it all depends on the person, too. I mean, these are not, you know, we, we don't have, like, there's not a uniform housing uh, homeless person. We, there's uh, folks that come from all different walks of life that have different situations and different conflicts within their lives and make it very difficult to just uh, sometimes just get along on a daily basis. Uh, some, there's a lot of mental health issues that we're dealing with. There's a lot of addiction issues that we're dealing with. There's a lot of abuse, a lot of trauma, a lot of there's a, a, a sense that uh, that that some of these folks are just uh, they're uh, they're 
they're trying to just find a, a place where where there's not where there's not trauma all around them all the time. And so it's it's a complex mix of humans that we're we're trying to find answers for. And uh, so just there's not one pat answer. Go get a job, and, and everything will be all right. Because it's just it's just more, more difficult than that. All right, we got another phone call here. Caller, who's this? Sure. Hello. Yeah, you're on with the mayor. Who is this? Hi, this is Leah. Hey, Leah, go ahead. Uh, I'm calling regarding the uh, wedding venue slash beer garden in Riverside Park. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, that's an interesting uh, uh, proposal. You know, what's in front of the city council right now is a request to change zoning of the fish hatchery building at the north end of Riverside Park and. The idea was uh, because it is an older building and it's not ADA compliant on the second floor, in order to use that second floor in any commercial venture, we would have to rezone it in some kind of way. And from in this case, it would be rezoned to a commercial-type uh, zoning. And uh, unfortunately, uh, this has come forward and just it's somewhat been conflated with a proposal that has simultaneously been evaluated by the Parks Department that would involve a wedding venue and some Airbnb rooms on the second floor and a, and a beer garden and all of that. And the people at River Place One, I'm guessing that Leah lives at River Place One, uh, people at River Place Run One right there don't want, um, um, don't want it. They don't want a wedding venue there. They don't want a beer garden there. Um, they, they feel that that would uh, upset their, um, their, uh, their, their solitude and their, their quietness, I guess. I, but, at any rate, I, I think this is still in discussion. Uh, the, the, the process is ongoing. And, again, whether this this proposal for the wedding venue and all that actually goes forward, uh, at the end of the day, we can't use the second floor of that building for any kind of venture unless we rezone it, which is what the city council is voting on. I think what they're doing at that apartment building is they're trying to get the park rezoned so that it's not a park and you can't go in there either. So. Um, also, yeah, on the yeah, right. on the other side of that, I don't know what do you want to call it a ravine or what, but uh, can you just give us an update? Tregoski actually texted me this. Anthony Tregoski with the UW Lacrosse uh, political science professor. Okay. He he wants an update where because he's a super big fan of having this. The public market. Where are we with that? And River Point District, kind of that whole area. And the, the public market. I'm a little bit. I put I in some way press pause on that because I didn't like the direction that was going. Um, but I think that's still open for negotiation, and um, that depends on what sort of uh, better deal Excel uh, Energy is willing to come to in some ways. But um, I, there's, you know, we have other, other options for places. We'd, we'd, I think we had uh, selected a place. And I'd like to look at other places as options for the public market. Would it be one of those so, deals where it would be called the XL Energy Public Market? Is that what you're saying? It'd be a sponsorship? No. What? <laughs> what's the problem? Probably not. No. Uh, no. But I, and I, and it's still. It is actually. There's still. There's still money in the capital budget that for the public market. In um, so it's it's not. You know, it hasn't been erased by any means. We're still looking at it, and still I'm still planning to move forward with it. But I, I'm reevaluating where it is and, and what it's going to look like, basically. Okay. Uh, do you have to so go? I still it's, like it. It's we're, we're at the bottom. It's thirty. Do you got to go? Um, I got to head out. Yeah, yeah. If you got another question, I can answer. Was there some, another well, part? Of your copy the, the, well, the other part was just. I think the public market is is kind of in tune with the River Point District. I, they might not be in the same no, area. Not but, really. 
No, they're kind of they're kind of different. So River Point District is a whole other. I mean, that's obviously that it's going to be that's the biggest, uh, you know, that's the biggest opportunity for development lacrosse has seen in decades. So, uh, and maybe the public market might wind up there in some kind of fashion. I'm not entirely sure right now, but uh, River Point District, there's there's fill going in. We've got roads going in um, in the spring. We've got developers who are interested in, in breaking ground. Um, it's pretty exciting, frankly. And there's going to be, uh, you know, parks on the riverfront and all kinds of stuff. It's it's exactly what we'd hoped and planned for years ago, and um, and it's exciting that's moving forward right now. Are you? Did you drive by there today just to see if all the fill washed out? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's going to be some of that, but they take precautions to make sure that it doesn't wash away into the river. Yeah, because that was That's the whole point, question. right? We, we have to put the fill in there, let it survive a winter <laughs> and a spring, yep. right? We have to let it survive the thaw yep. and then hope that it's still there, I guess. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a compact, basically. That's the requirement. Yep. All right. I know you got to go, yep. you, unless you got time to uh, address the whole hate crime thing at Copeland. <laughs> <laughs> just throw, uh, I'll I, just throw that at you. You know, I'll just, just briefly, if you want, yeah, you know, that was obviously initially not charged with a hate crime enhancer. The DA's office took another look at that. I don't know. I don't know if you talked with Tim, Tim Grinke, but they Wednesday. took another look at that and um, took a you know just a second look and thought, you know what, actually this is probably a hate crime, and uh, charged it accordingly. But Tim agrees with me that state lawmakers still have to get off their butts and change the state law so that uh, hate cri- the hate crimes against. Uh, uh, against non-binary and transgender individuals are the same as hate crimes against um, uh, minorities of all kinds. Mm-hmm. And uh, our state lawmakers really just need to put some work in to get that done. All right, Mitch, so, thanks a lot. So I got, all right, take care, man. Bye. All right, that's Mayor Mitch Reynolds. Got him for a half hour, so I just let him, I just let him go. So you got on, on, uh, no breaks, Mitch Reynolds there. All right, now I do have to take a break. We'll be back. Hey, All right, welcome back to the Cross Talk PM. Now it's just me. You just give me now. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. But we can have a conversation. You don't get the mayor, though, so I know. It's kind of second second class here. Um, tried to get as much. <laughs> he, he sprung that on me. I only had a half hour. I might have missed that update. Um, but I tried to get as much relevant stuff from Mayor Mitch Reynolds before he had to go. Uh, with all the flooding that happened over the weekend, I thought it was pretty. It was pretty difficult. Or well, the, just the understanding that there's a giant hole missing, and if this stuff's going to happen all the time, right? We've had, and maybe it's more because of the drought, or maybe it's just we're going to be more prone to this, which means a couple of things. That with the flooding it is like a, we need to know where it's happening, and b, we we like. Mitch said he's, this is a, a process, but updating the, the sewer system to just be able to handle this stuff. And I think that that thing always has to be updated as towns develop. I would imagine, you know, as um, as we continue to grow north of here, south of here, more north of here, I guess, the Holman area, um, and maybe west of here in Minnesota, that, you know, those the drainage is going to change every time you put some more buildings up, right? So then the flooding's going to change and then the sewer system needs to be updated so that it can handle uh, the different ways that water is going to drain out because it's not going to sink into the ground anymore, right? There's 
there's foundations and roads that are now sending this water down, <laughs> down the way, right? Like downhill. And you're just going to see this flooding happening more and more. And we live in the valley, right? On the river. So all the flooding comes down, all the water comes down. But um, when, when you have to, you can't really travel around, right? So I got a text here because I, I thought it would be a good idea for the city to have some kind of, and in Minnesota, we have this, and there's there's updates. They could probably do a better job, but it would just take a full-time person, I think, or a call-in situation where, hey, you're you're called in when there's an emergency, and you this is this is your job throughout the emergency. And you could do it from home if you coordinated this, it correctly. It's not like you'd have to, quote-unquote, come in, but maybe you would. Uh, just the idea that we have some kind of emergency management person or or just I guess it could be a team and it would just coordinate with this, the, the, the rest of the, the fire department, the police department, whomever else it needs to coordinate with. You could call in, it could be a situation where you could call in and say, Hey, it's, I'm on, I'm on the South side on Mormon Cooley and I'm on, my car is literally the engines underwater. Like I tried to go and it's flooded here. So you then you could send out, some updates, whether it be a website and the website could just go straight to social media, but you could, it could be just live updates all the time. It would be hard, you know, it would be, it would be harder to, you would, if you're depending on the public, right, then you would have to trust that the public isn't lying. So, I mean, why, I don't know why that would happen, but of course it would happen, right? Somebody would do that. Um, but you could also coordinate like police are out and about. So a Bob texted in and he goes, it wouldn't be a good idea to have people out there driving around looking to see how bad it is when they should be at home. Right. But if you had a person solely responsible for coordinating where the where the bad spots are in the city and they're sitting, you know, somewhere, maybe they're at the dispatch with the police. I don't know. Uh, but their their sole job is to coordinate with what's going on in the city and whether they're taking calls or just on, you know, the police are out and about. Right. Like the police are going to know the, the OK fire, you know, the, the fire station one's headed to. Uh, the south side at this intersection, it's underwater. There's cars stranded in the water. People are kayaking, right? Like, I don't know. Um, people are swimming out of their cars. That's where the fire department is, you know, and then just, you, you get to, you, you, you just get that update and the fire department kind of either, maybe they're court, you coordinate with them somehow. And the fire department gives you an update. That update goes to the website, to social media. And instead of, instead of relying on, strange Facebook groups where people are, are putting updates on, which were very helpful and interesting and funny at times and sad at times. Uh, but, but random, right? There's no, like if you're not part of a certain Facebook group, then you're not going to know. Is there a Twitter group like that? Maybe. Is there an Instagram page like that? Maybe. But then the, the, those updates happen, but the, they're not updated per se after that. So even on our on our, our social medias, uh, hey, this this area is flooded. We're getting pictures from you know people that say this area is flooded, or even people at work here were sending us updates that we could post. But it's like, okay, at four thirty, this road's underwater. Well, I'm not there, and I'm not the the emergency management coordinator, and I'm not uh, locked in with the police to bug them every five minutes. You know, like every media outlet's going to bug these people every five minutes about, hey, where's the new flooding? You know, where should people avoid? 
So it can't, it can't be that. It can't be the media because we can't have the TV stations, the newspapers, the radio stations all bugging the emergency people all the time when they've got better stuff to do and they got better bleep to do. Um, so it can't be that. It's got to be somebody that just works with the city or with the county or county and city and gives you these updates because, sure, there's this area in La Crosse, Caledonia Street, you know, Caledonia and Clinton is underwater, avoid at all costs. Like, do not come this way. Go around. <laughs> A, stay home. But B, if you have to go, you're going to have to figure it out. Or you get, maybe they can reroute you. But at some point, that won't be underwater. So then you would have to provide an update. You would go and edit that post or delete it. And then you people could see like, oh, okay, that's no longer underwater. So you see a lot of these social media posts. They're like a lot of people just simply asking, can I get through to Stoddard? <laughs> you know, is that road open? Is that bridge out? And, no, you know, there's no one place. And it's not going to be perfect because there's just too many elements to this. But, you know, like it would be really cool if you could work with the outlying towns as well. This could be a county thing or a county's wide thing. Um, it, it would take a lot, clearly, but it would be it would be better than relying on just randomness on social media. And then those people aren't updating anything unless they live Unless they're looking out their living room window, right? And going, yep, still flooded. Update, still flooded. Hour later, two hours later. So, um, yeah, that's my that's my newest uh, my newest uh, project I think the city should, should have. Uh, Greg says, we have way too many government parasites the way it is, Rick. Maybe one of them could do what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I guess, I, you know, like, could it be a part of this police department? I mean, I mean the police department... And the fire department, like Mitch said, they, they have better things to worry about. And they're just, I don't think they're social media people. Honestly, I just don't think their social media people are at work. They're, they're weekday jobs, like probably nine to five jobs. And so they're not going to be posting social media and probably unless, I, I want to say unless there's a really big emergency, but it seems like it was kind of an emergency. So... So where do you go from there? And there's there there is one Facebook page that's like uh, it's called Lacrosse Area Alerts, but that's only doing certain things. There's there, they didn't have a post uh, you know since July 29th, so there wasn't apparently no alerts in Lacrosse area. Or that person just it's not their job. It's just like a, a thing. So they're just gone for the weekend or for the week or on vacation. So. Anyway, uh, Kent's calling in. Kent, go ahead. You're uh, the mayor of the north side. Sorry. <laughs> Kent, go ahead. Hey, Rick, I love you, man. Hey, you know, down here on Palace Street, down where I live, it's kind of a low-layered area, but all the way up Palace Street, on the corner of Rose Street and Palace Street, they have a pumping station when it gets bad like that. Yeah. And they, they neglect to turn them pumps on. I don't know if they're saving money or what they're doing, but, like, my whole street was flooded yesterday. And you're right, just stay home and have a beer. Don't drive anywhere. Right. So, yeah, I don't know what the police can do or anybody else as far as that goes. But, yeah, just stay home, man. Yeah, thanks, Kent, for the call. Um, All right. And I just looked. The police had the police POTUS did something today, but uh, it's just kind of uh, just a Monday nothing post. And then on August 6th was their last post. Fire Department, August 6th, their last post. You know what August 6th was? A Friday. So, you know, there's just the the social media people there, it just seems like they're – nine to five jobs and that's fine. This isn't a thing, but like when the town is flooding and people's cars are underwater and people are trying to drive through, you probably should be able to go somewhere and be like, Hey, 
you know, somebody with the the city's emergency units should be like, hey, avoid this area, that area, the other area. Also, maybe it's just common sense and I'm overblowing it. Just stay home because it's flooding. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Just a couple minutes left here, but Jeff's calling in. He want to talk about the flooding a little bit. Jeff, go ahead. You're on the air. All right, yeah. When it comes to all the streets and intersections of this town that flood, as somebody who's worked as a cab driver or delivery in this town for years, most of these places have been flooding my entire life, and they still do. Mm-hmm. They haven't corrected it in 30-plus years. They keep saying they're going to. They tear up the intersections close down that intersection for months at a time and next spring sure as heck there it is flooded again jeff do you feel like it's a little bit more is it a little bit more frequent now do you think over the past couple of months or weeks um yeah the environmental change is definitely there anybody who denies that there's an environmental impact in progress is another foolish trump idiot but that's another issue. <laughs> All right. I used to walk to school with the snow up to my knees, and now I haven't seen snow above my ankle in years. Oh, I thought you Unless were going to go elsewhere. I thought you were going to do uh, walk to, walk to school uphill both ways, thirty inches of snow. <laughs> hey, man, thanks thanks for the call, though. I got to let you go. I only got a, a minute here to go. Um, yeah, Jeff's doing the kind of the opposite. It's no longer have to. I don't have to walk up this. I don't have to walk to school uphill both ways anymore. Uh, instead of there being thirty inches of snow, there's no snow, and it's blazing hot. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Tom texted in how many homeless people are in Huska. I have a bunch of pictures. Yes. Uh, um. They were they were of all all kinds of ages. But there's, I thought, I thought there was about seventy people in Huska. We talked about this last week, Monday, I believe. There's seventy. There's about a hundred homeless people in Lacrosse, and about seventy of them are in Huska Park. So, um, yeah. Number three is calling in. Number three, you got thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. I can get it done, <laughs> yeah. my friend. We got too many sewer pipes and uh, water pipe or pipes that carry stormwater plus sewer that over 100 years old in the city of La Crosse. Until we start getting them taking place, we just keep adding new pipes onto the old. Yeah, okay. All right, right. thank you for the call. Um, Yeah, we got old pipes, old sewer system. Mitch talked about it. We didn't get into great detail about how we're updating the sewer system, but it sounds like we are slowly but surely doing that. If you read Scott's comment or if you listened to it before, uh, you can go back to read it. It's on wisdomnews.com. It kind of has to deal right with this thing. And uh, All right, that's all the time I got. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We're going to talk plants tomorrow, and we're going to talk to Tim Grinke on Wednesday. Thanks a lot.